Hello, and welcome to the Parables of Dantooine podcast. This is episode two, and I'm your host, Mark. Today on the podcast, we start to get ourselves ready for Solo, a Star Wars story, which is out in theaters in less than a week, but made its Hollywood premiere on May 10th. And is the next standalone Star Wars movie going to be about Obi-Wan Kenobi? We also take a look into the vault, that is, the vault edition of the Jedi Path that is part of the Expanded Universe Legends series. And I also fill you in on some of the great collectibles and artwork I picked up during the May the 4th Be With You weekend. So sit back, get yourself a good beverage, and plug in those earbuds, because we are talking Star Wars on the Parables of Dantooine podcast. Hello, and welcome to Episode 2 of the Parables of Dantooine podcast. Really happy to have you along for the ride this week. To start us off, I want to mention some breaking news. It seems we now know when the next Star Wars Celebration Convention is going to happen. It looks like we are going to be heading to the Windy City of Chicago this coming April 11th through the 15th at McCormick Place. The five-day event is sure to be a rocking good time for everyone. Tickets for the show go on sale June 5th at noon. No news yet about attendees and the schedule as it was just announced yesterday. Uh, I would say that I was not expecting Chicago to be the place for the celebration. I think everyone was anticipating that it would be in Anaheim, California, or possibly back in Orlando, Florida. But I think it's good that Lucasfilm is starting to fan out to other cities for celebration shows, as they did when they first began hosting celebration conventions back in the early 2000s. It gives the fans that live closer to these venues an opportunity to go and get into California or Florida if you did in the past. Plus, I think this gives me hope that maybe one day they will consider some place in the Northeast to host the show. Of course, my vote would be for Boston, Massachusetts, but the real obvious choice for a working show would be in New York, New Jersey area, perhaps around Meadowlands, which has the facilities that can host such an event. Regardless, this April Star Wars game will be in Chicago. We will be just be coming off the heels of Solo, which I am thinking will still be fresh in our minds as the Blu-ray and DVD will probably be out in stores for this holiday season. Star Wars Resistance will be well underway in its first season, and this will probably be the start of building up towards Star Wars Episode Nine. I would hope that at the very least there would be a teaser trailer for Episode Nine, or maybe this will be where J.J. Abrams drops the name of Episode Nine in the first images of the movie poster. Plus, there is bound to be more news regarding the live-action show being written and produced by John Favreau, which I think I heard is going to be taking place just a couple years after the events of Return of the Jedi and include new characters. I am hoping to make it to Chicago. I have never been to Celebration, and I've never been to Chicago, and this is about as close to me, geographically speaking, as it has ever been. Uh, One concern I have for the show is that April in Chicago can still be tricky weather-wise. Like the good old Northeast where I live, April can be pleasant one day and 75 degrees, and then the next day a snowstorm comes and drops two feet of snow. But uh, we will see. Uh, How about you? Are you guys going to be going to the show? Any of our listeners out there going to be heading to Chicago? If so, be sure to drop us a message on our Facebook page. Now let's get into the show topics for today. Topic number one. The Hollywood premiere of Solo, a Star Wars story, took place on May 10th. I'm sure many of you had a chance to read about the red carpet event prior to the showing. There were lots of pictures and videos of the event on YouTube and other outlets if you have not had a chance to see it. And while I have watched the trailers and TV spots for the movie, I have opted to steer clear of the detailed reviews of the movie. 
this is not to say that I'm not preparing myself for the experience of seeing this Han Lando Chewie adventure. Uh, I'm hoping to have the last shot novel by Daniel Jose Holder done before sitting down in my seat in the theater next week. As I mentioned last week, the book is fast-paced and the story definitely has kept my interest. I've just been so busy lately that it's been tough to find time to get this done. Regardless, I have been staying away from spoiler-filled reviews. So, as you would expect, the entire cast of Solo was walking down the red carpet that night, and it included Alden Ehrenreich, Donald Glover, Jonas Suetamo, Amelia Clark, Woody Harrelson, Paul Bettany, and Thandie Newtown. But it was also nice to see some of the familiar fan of Star Wars favorites as well. We saw Mark Hamill, Billy Dee Williams, George Lucas, and Ewan McGregor. The early, brief reviews of the movie seem to indicate that Solo is going to be a blast. And I really think this movie is coming out at a perfect time in Star Wars history itself. Now, I am not going to keep rehashing my thoughts regarding The Last Jedi. We all know what that we all know that it is that it was and still is a source of heated debate amongst many Star Wars fans. Those who enjoyed it still like it, and those who did not enjoy it still don't. We need a Star Wars movie right now that is fun, exciting, and takes us on a fast-paced adventure with our favorite scoundrels in the galaxy. For the time being, I think we can put aside the Jedi debate and discussion that will and, and the discussion that will start to brew regarding Episode 9, the fates of Rey, Kylo Ren, and the rest of the galaxy until a later time. For now, I think we should all do ourselves the favor and give Solo, a Star Wars story, a chance. I think the combination of the Last Shot novel, the Solo movie, and the expanded universe that is generated post-Solo will heal a lot of the discontent that some Star Wars fans are still feeling. After seeing the movie, be sure to send a message to me on Facebook and let me know your thoughts about Solo. And I will also add that uh, in addition to the Last Shot novel, you should also try to give a chance to those uh, other expanding universe stories that I had mentioned, I think, in the first podcast, the Brian Daly novels, the novels by the late A.C. Crispin, and as well as the Lando, the Lando Calrissian adventures. Now, just to go back to what I mentioned earlier about Ewan McGregor appearing on the red carpet for the solo premiere, does this mean that Ewan's gonna might be back in his Jedi robes portraying the wise and witty Obi-Wan Kenobi? Now, there does seem to be some good-sounding rumors that indicate this. I found on Fanthatracks.com an exclusive story that piqued my interest. It states, Obi-Wan Kenobi movie in pre-production, filming scheduled for spring 2019. And the posting continues to say that we can reveal that studio-based pre-production has officially begun on an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie and that filming will take place in 2019 for the 2020 Now, there have been rumors in the past that the next Star Wars standalone film was going to be about Boba Fett or perhaps Yoda. And while those choices are certainly compelling for a variety of reasons, I am hopeful that the next Star Wars standalone story does turn out to be a Kenobi story. And why do I think that? As many of you know, I am a fan of the prequels. You know from my previous commentaries on the Traveling the Jundlin, on, on the Traveling the Jundlin Waste podcast that I have done on the prequels that those three movies are not as bad as many fans think and in my opinion are fun movies to watch. Ewan McGregor's portrayal of Obi-Wan in all three prequels is done so well. He builds on the portrayal of the character from the original trilogy and takes ownership of it throughout all three movies. 
So I would be thrilled to see you in, in a in take on this character again. But the real question is, what part of the timeline would they be working with on an Obi-Wan movie? If you are an Expanded Universe fan, you know that Dark Horse and Delray spent many years weaving early tales of Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Anakin Skywalker. The comics and books during the prequel era did a great job of developing these stories. And I think it was important to show how involved these characters were as Jedis of the Republic. Sometimes we might overlook those stories when Luke and Ben are sitting in his home on Tatooine and Ben mentions how he fought in the Clone Wars with Luke's father. Now, granted, the Clone Wars and Rebels animated series did a great job of giving us canonical stories that weave directly into the movies. But there has never been a canonical story of Obi-Wan's early life. Who were his parents? How did he end up in, at the Jedi Temple as a Padawan? I think this would be a good place for an Obi-Wan story, but doing that would also mean that Ewan McGregor's role, if any, would be limited due to the fact that the actor is older. Now, perhaps we could see an Obi-Wan story taking place during the time between Episode 3 and Episode 4. Kenobi, the novel by John Jackson Miller that came out a couple years ago, takes place very soon after the events of Episode 3. I really enjoyed this tale that J.J. Miller weaves. We learn of how Obi-Wan brings Luke to the Lars family, we see how he goes about becoming a resident of the Jumlin Wastes, and we see that he has to learn to be Ben and not Obi-Wan so that he doesn't trigger a tremor in the Force that could bring Vader or the Emperor to harm Luke on Tatooine. And we see him making the effort to connect to Qui-Gon Jinn, his master, throughout the book in, with in-between chapter vignettes, which personally I found the most fascinating parts of that, of that book. Perhaps this might be an interesting slice of time to set a movie. It would be fun to see Star Wars back on Tatooine, and McGregor is age-wise matching up for such a story. But like anything else, we will have to wait for the official word of such a project from the offices of Lucasfilm. Let's go on to the next topic. Topic number two. Let's head into the vault with the Jedi path. So, you might be wondering why am I discussing the vault editions, uh, or I should say the vault edition of the Jedi path, which came out in 2010. Okay, so first, for uh, a couple of years now, the vault edition has been for sale at online stores and eBay at a very unreasonable price point, in my humble opinion. Um, but recently, while doing some shopping on Amazon, I noticed that the Jedi Path Vault Edition is now priced back to the original price I paid for it back in 2010, which was $59.99. Now, I am not saying that this collectible is inexpensive, but I am saying that you can now pick this item up at Amazon for a much more reasonable price than what, had been, what it had been going for in the recent past. The book authored by Star Wars lore expert Daniel Wallace is encased in a very unique collectible. The Jedi Path books come in a rectangular silver case. The top panels of the vault that, ha that has the classic image of two arms with a lightsaber pointing towards the sky, and a button at the bottom half of the case is pressed to reveal the contents of the vault. Now, pressing the button cracks open the case with lights and sound effects. It really is cool. Now, Keep in mind, this isn't a laser light show that's going to happen when you open this thing up. Um, but, but what is cool, the bottom plate that holds the book has some blue light surrounding the surface and it rises up with certain Star Wars sound effects. And it's important to know that this is an 
in-universe book. It basically is a training, it's supposed to be like a training manual that was given to a Padawan upon entry into the ranks of Jedi training. It gives a good history of the Jedi and delves into the many ideas regarding Jedi philosophy. There are many aspects of this book that make it more of an immersive experience than merely a download of information on the Jedi. For me, the fact that, for me, the fact that it is a book, and I want to repeat that again, the fact that it is a book, a book and not a Star Wars version of an MP3 player or an iPod, that it's actual, it's an actual paper book. I think that in itself speaks volumes, not only for the in-universe aspect of it, but also for the real world reality we live in right now. You know, while I love podcasting and using my iPod throughout the day, it still is important to me to unplug at times and read an actual book. Perhaps the underlying idea might be with this book that, yes, Jedi are part of a technologically sophisticated galaxy, but even they know that they need to unplug and learn from an actual book itself. So throughout the text of the book, there are numerous annotations by in-universe Jedi who have jotted down ideas at the corner of pages or scribbled next to an illustration or maybe to a paragraph. Um, it, it's almost like this book has been passed from master to apprentice throughout time. Now, there are masters, some who you know and some who you may have heard of, who you may never have heard of, who wrote the text of the book and the annotations are scribbled not only by Jedi who you know, such as Luke, Yoda, Anakin, and Ahsoka, but surprisingly, it is also <laughs> some, some, some annotations have been put in by Sith, like Sidious and Dooku. Um, this is interesting, the fact that, that, that the idea of the book is also that the Sith had possession of it, um, and that they put down their ideas in it as well, too, I find fascinating. I think the general idea is that what you are holding onto is the very last known text of the Jedi Path that somehow was not destroyed during the Order 66 Purge. This makes this text such a unique part of anyone's Star Wars literature collection. And I know we have in-universe reference books from before the Disney era, but I am not sure there has ever been a book like this that incorporates a standard text along with annotations from across the spectrum of Jedi that are mentioned. It almost reminds of reminds me of, in a sense, to the Grail Diary of Professor Henry Jones Sr. that played such a vital role in Indiana Jones in the, in the Last Crusade. You see this diary with notes and illustrations, inserts, scribbles, and photos, and anything else, you know, possibly maps, and anything else that was, you know, a clue to finding the Grail at the end of the movie. Insight and I would say like you know collectibles. Plus, like I said, these collectibles are in a sense a hidden treasure in the text as well. Here are some of the things that you will find if you buy the Vault Edition, or if you if you if you have the Vault Edition. Just a reminder of what you got in there. There is a letter tracing the book's history. A Padawan braid, and I can't seem to find mine, which is a real shame. Uh, I like to believe that this is a Padawan braid of Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, for me personally. Um, there's a Metal Jedi Credit Medallion. A Jedi Starfighter patch, which I actually took from the book, and I ironed it onto my podcast Levi's jean jacket. Um, you can see some pictures of it. Maybe I'll post some pictures of it on the, uh, on the show notes as well. 
there's a burned poster of the Jedi Code. Most likely that this uh, was burned from the uh, Order 66 purge. A map of the Jedi Temple. This is an interesting piece here. A lightsaber diagram sketched on the back of a napkin from Dex's diner. So, <laughs> here's the big question. Do you think Obi-Wan was having a Jawa juice as a teenager and sketched this out one day? Maybe even a bigger question is, maybe he ran into, did he, do you think he ran into Archie, Betty, and Veronica at the diner as well? We'll have to look into that. There are also a couple pages that are purposely torn out of the book, done by a Sith Lord along with a note left in. Another small detail that gives you another layer into the depth of thought that was put into this book. In addition, the illustrators for this book are top-notch. I spent a lot of time just studying these illustrations. They're very graceful, not the usual type of illustrations that you have seen in a Star Wars book. I'd like to think they, I, that they were done in um, possibly watercolor or maybe colored pencil, but there's something very light and graceful about these pictures and illustrations that are in this book, and the illustrators should be given a lot of credit for what they did, they did for this project. So bottom line here is that if you ever wanted to feel like you are a Padawan learning how to become a Jedi, then you will really enjoy this book. And especially now that Amazon has, at a good price point, it's a good buy or something to add to your birthday or holiday lists for later this year. Now, if you're only interested in the book itself, which in and of, in of itself is a perfectly good purchase on its own, uh, you can purchase that for around, I think I saw it on Amazon today, for around 17 to 20 bucks, depending on where you go. And I know at my local library, it has this is on its shelf as well. So you may want to check your local library too if you want to be able to read it first or check it out before purchasing. On the next podcast, I will chat more about the Vault Edition of The Book of Sith. Now, speaking of Sith, let's go now to topic number three. Topic number three is my Star Wars May the Fourth Be With You swag successes. Now, it wasn't only May the 4th, Revenge of the 5th, and Free Comic Book Day weekend all rolled into one. Uh, actually, in the week beforehand was also uh, Record Store Day, too, so we've had a lot of nice days weekends lined up here to celebrate fandom. Um, but in addition to all that, it was also my birthday weekend as well, and I... Uh, let you all know I turned 45 years old uh, this past May and uh, it's a little weird being 45 but uh, as they say you are as young as you feel and I would say that Star Wars and podcasting about Star, War, Star Wars along with my other hobbies of drawing and sketching, jogging in 5k races and playing guitar all combined to make me feel a couple years younger and if I could pick up some nice Star Wars swag for my birthday then that just makes the day even more special so as I was saying, speaking of Sith, as I said, my good friend Rob Taylor of Hero Fight Art had a special free print weekend during the May 4th celebrations. And you should go to his Hero Fight Facebook page and like it if you can. You hear it's it's you hear about some some good deals on on, on the Facebook page. There's uh, you know as well as these uh, pretty frequent free print Fridays and free print weekends, and even at times he offers uh, free shipping. Anywho, I picked up two Star Wars prints on this free print weekend, and they are just amazing. So, you all know how much I enjoy playing Knights of the Old Republic and reading through the Knights of the Old Republic comic books and, and, and reading through uh, you know, stories of, of that era. 
as well as, you know, post, post Knights of the Old Republic, such as the series of Darth Bane. Um, but you also know that I, that I love playing Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2 on my Xbox. And you know how amazing that story is if you played it. And I highly recommend you do that if you haven't yet. So recently, Raphael Fera, the voice for Darth Malak, was at a Connecticut Gamers Con convention signing autographs and meeting fans. So in honor of the occasion, Rob Taylor made a great print of that evil Sith Lord Darth Malak, which I now have in my possession. I mentioned on I mentioned on his uh, SD store store uh, page, but this print is both terrifying and amazing. I love how he gives you this up close image of Malak, and you see his injured jaw covered by that bionic jaw piece, by that bionic jaw piece, and his red lightsaber which is ignited, and his eyes are bloodshot, and you can tell he has been using his pain to focus his dark side powers. Not only is this a great print, but I am hearing rumors that Raphael Ferrer, I think his name is, is pronounced Ferrer, Ferrer, might be making an appearance at Terrificon in Connecticut this August, which I'm hoping to go to. So, if so, I am going to try to get this print signed by the Dark Lord of Connecticut, I, I mean the, the, the Dark Lord Darth Malak. Raphael Ferrer is from Connecticut. <laughs> um... But I'm really hoping that I could, I'll, I'll be able to have the opportunity to 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 meet him, to have him sign this uh, print, and to also, and I think I think Rob Taylor also in Herified Art goes to this uh, convention quite often, so hopefully we'll see him there as well too. And the free print I selected in this offer, uh, I selected another fairly new addition to the Herified Library of Art. It's called the Grateful Dent. <laughs> now, if you know me. You know I could be a bit of a throwback at times when it comes to music and certain aspects of pop culture. I dig the Grateful Dead, so I was pleased to see this combination of Star Wars fandom and psychedelic art that looks like it could have been a Grateful Dead album cover. It's one of those prints that you can't take your eyes off because of all the details and vibrant colors that permeate this piece. And it starts to make you wonder what the Star Wars universe would be like if Boba Fett was a deadhead. Would he have armor with dancing bears on it? Or perhaps he would have taken the stage with Jerry Garcia in between transporting Han to Jabba. I love it when Star Wars art can be meshed with other aspects of life, and this piece is done perfectly well. I look forward to finding some great wall space to hang, the, to hang this one. And uh, check it out on his, uh, on, his, uh, what, on his SD store as well, too. And I'll put up a link to, to, on that on the show notes as well, too, so you can also take a look at what these prints look like. Now, other items I picked up are really some special works of art in and of, them, in and of themselves. Uh, recently, I have caught the mini bust bug over at Gentle Giant. Uh, for a couple years now, I have maintained an interest in their products, but never pulled the trigger on them. One mini bust that I was always on the fence was always on the fence on was the convention exclusive of the Mara Jade mini bust, but. It was out of production a couple of years ago, and the eBay prices for it were a little too much for my comfort. However, as they say, you know, patience is rewarded, and I did find someone on rebelsgum.com forum who was selling his minibus at a reasonable price, and I was so happy that I was able to add it to my collection. 
And as you all know from listening to this podcast and listening to the Traveling the Gentleman Waste podcast, Mara Jade is my favorite Expanded Universe character. I loved her in, in the Zahn novels. I really enjoyed seeing her in those uh, those two stand those two standalone novels that Timothy Zahn did called uh, called uh, Allegiance and Choices of One. So you all know she's my favorite expanded universe character. So I had to make the circle complete in this transaction, so to speak, by having the official Lucasfilm representation of Mara Jade, Shannon McRandall, sign my mini bust. Uh, it's in my case behind me right now, and it looks great. And uh, she even signed it. Shannon McRandall is Mara Jade, and uh, it's one of my nice pieces that I have in my collection. And from there, I added uh, recently uh, Jedi Luke. He's in his Return of the Jedi black uniform, putting on his black glove. And I also have as well, too, Rey in her Jakku robes from The Force Awakens. So I, I bought those all in, this last, in, that, in the last year or so. So I was basically now on the journey uh, with Gentle Giant. So as I was going back into the... Uh, the Rebel Scum Forum's uh, photo galleries of previous mini busts that have been produced by Gentle Giant. There were always two that have that have caught my eye, but have always been elusive. Um, and they and, and those two characters are Shakti and Ayla Sakura. Uh, you know they they're they're no longer but I will say that they are no longer elusive, and I was able to add them to my collection this month as well. Uh, even though they had brief roles in the prequel movies. They have always had a place in the expanded universe. In fact, Shakti plays a prominent role in the Force Unleashed video game, which we'll have to talk about in depth sometime. I have also had the great opportunity to meet Orly Shoshan, who, portray, who portrayed the, the, this Jedi Togruta in Episode 2 and 3. This mini bust of Shakti is just plain beautiful. A wonderful sculpt with an enormous amount of detail, right down to her fingertips that show her performing a Force push with her left hand. The Jedi robes are in such a glorious are, 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 are shaped in such a glorious and majestic manner as well, and the lightsaber is posed ready to strike. I will post pictures on the show notes in the Facebook, but this is really a wonderful mini bust that can only be appreciated to its fullness in person. So if you get a chance when you go to a convention or you go to a show and you can see it up close, be sure to give it a look. And from Shakti, we uh, go now to Ayla Sakura. Uh, like I said, I also was able to pick up this mini bust as well, too. And Ayla Sakura, the Blue Twilight, who originally appeared as an expanded universe character and was brought over to the prequel movies per George Lucas's request. Uh, Ayla, we know, is a fierce warrior, and there is no question this mini bust shows her determination and power. Her uh, leku are beautifully shaped and hang behind her back as she also has her lightsaber in a ready-to-strike pose. A pretty pretty powerful pose, I would say. And I think it must be tough to get the patina just right on characters like Shakti and Ayla Sakura, who have that unique skin color of red and blue. But like Ayla and, and Shakti, you know, looks lifelike. You know, both of them are, are very, they, they both look lifelike and natural in these mini busts and it's a really nice duo of powerful Jedi Knights from, a, from the prequel era, and I am thrilled to have them in my collection. I'm thinking of adding now uh, to this, I guess, prequel collection of Jedi Knights uh, going after that Qui-Gon Jinn mini bus next, so stay tuned on that. 
Um, as I mentioned in, previ in, the, in the previous episode, I am also on a quest to complete Gentle Giant's Heroes of Yavin trio of mini-busts. Now, I was able to add Luke Yavin Ceremony to my case this past week with the great May the 4th deal that they had at Gentle Giant. So he is now placed next to Han Solo and each has a Yavin medal around their necks. And I am glad they gave Luke a more serious and stern look on his face as opposed to weird smile that I saw in some earlier photos and concept art. His iconic yellow rebel flight jacket looks great and has been done with such precision. It's amazing how they were able to capture Mark Hamill's likeness from 40 years ago in this mini bust. And even, you can even see the detail of his arms behind his back and how his hands interlock. I know there have been some discussion on forums about these Yavin mini busts, but I personally am very happy with what I have seen so far. And I am really looking forward to finishing this set, this set off with Princess Leia later this summer. Um, I think according to my pre-order, it's due, I believe, either July or August uh, this summer. And once I get it, I'll be sure to speak about that on the podcast. So that wraps up what my May the 4th birthday celebration was like for this year. And that just about wraps up for this, wraps up this episode of the podcast as well. Thank you all for listening and be sure to leave me feedback about the podcast on my Facebook page or message me. And you can always listen to the Parables of Dantooine podcast on iTunes, as well as from our blog, parablespodcast.blogspot.com. Hope you all have a great time at Solo next week. I'm sure I'm going to have a great time. Uh, I'll be sure it's a holiday weekend, so I won't be coming out with a podcast next week. But the following week, I will have my Solo review. So have a great day. Be sure to look out for, epi for Episode 3 of the Parables of Dantooine podcast. And have a wonderful and safe holiday weekend.